Uh, Would you turn over to Psalm chapter 28? Psalm chapter 28. We're going to read the whole chapter together, the nine verses. Psalm chapter 28. So once you're there, if you would stand tonight for the reading of God's word, please. Psalm chapter 28. Praise the Lord. Psalm 28. Let's read it together. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands towards thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the works of their hands. Render to them their discernment. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. So Father, we just thank you for the proclamation and the reading of your word, and we pray your blessing upon it tonight, Lord. Jesus would be glorified. Lord, that your presence, the tangible presence of Jesus would be in this house tonight, Lord, that you would anoint us each one afresh, both to preach and to hear your word. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I'm going to speak just for a few moments tonight. I believe the Lord just really has quickened this. I was just up in the, in the night just with this word. And it just really, it just... It just really, it just really gripped, gripped me afresh. I want to speak on when God is silent, when God is silent. In the opening verse here, it says, unto thee, it's a psalm of David, unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, lest... If thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. There are times, there are times, and if it wasn't so, the psalmist would not pray it or sing it, when God simply is silent. And I don't believe that we do particularly well when he is It is not something that we really enjoy when God is silent, when he chooses not to speak. And here David is speaking obviously of a period in in his life, a certain length of time, we're not sure how long, but he was crying out to the Lord. He confessed the Lord as his rock. 
But he was pleading with the Lord, Lord, don't be silent. Lord, I need you to speak to me. How long this period lasted, we don't know. But every believer will experience in their walk with the Lord and faith. There are times, it's not that he doesn't love us, not that he doesn't care. He's still faithful. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But there are times, there are times that we'll experience individually. I believe we are corporately experiencing this as a body, and we have been for some years, that God does not speak. God is not like us in this sense that we feel that we need to fill the air with a lot of words. God doesn't need to. God sometimes will repeat himself if he needs to, for the example with young Samuel, but most of the time God only needs to speak once. He doesn't need to repeat himself. Neither does he have to explain himself because he's God. But there are times that we'll experience a season where it's as though God is silent. And David's experienced one of these seasons. And at that same time, what makes it worse or what seems to be that makes it worse is that the wicked were prospering. The enemy, it seemed as though in God's silence, the enemy had the upper hand. The wicked were prospering. And David cried out to the Lord, Lord, please don't be silent. In the midst of all that's around us, he's experienced something that I would confess, I think I share it with most, that we're not comfortable with God being silent. We like, we like it to be moving. We like activity. We like to be talking. We like the air to be filled with our words and with our actions. But there are times then when God is just silent. We tend at that time to either try to carry on or convince ourselves that he said something when he said nothing. David says, Lord, don't be silent to me. Can I tell you something, saints? He is no less God in the silence as when he comes in the thunder. He's still God. I want to say that again. He is no less God in the silence as he is in the thunder. And we like the thunder. We like the stories where the prophet would cry out, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. I believe that. But when he's silent, he's still God. Joel, the prophet says in Joel 3.16, that the Lord shall roar out of Zion. And he'll utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake and the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. He's God. But when he's silent, he's still God. He's as much God in the roar as he is in the silence. Do you know over these years, 
the years, I'm talking about recent years, perhaps the last 20 or so in particular, and even beyond that, in a greater scale of things, God has been silent. He has revealed to us, he spoke to us individually, he's guided us, he has led us, he speaks to us every day when we read his word and prayer. But there's a side of all of this that God has simply been silent. He hasn't responded to all the calamities, to all the catastrophes, to all the commotions, to all the crises that we have witnessed in this generation, God has simply been silent. Do you know, I began to think, and I'm just going to touch on a few of them, and it is only a few because there's, there are far too many to mention. But you know, I began to think over just the last 20 years from the turn of the millennium, it seems like yesterday, but that's, 21 years ago. And all leading up to that time, for those that maybe weren't born or very young, we were told that there was going to be the end of all things, the complete crash of all the nations, the computers and everything else. You remember it all. And we went through that time, and since really the turn of that 21 years ago, you know, we have seen so much happen that we actually forget because we're living in a world that's so fast. We forget what's happened. We forget the calamities, the crises, the, the commotions, the credit crunches and all the things that have happened. We, we just carry on. And it seems as though in these 20 years or so that God really hasn't responded to everything that's happened he hasn't responded to the commotions of this world. Do you know, back in 2004, and just, I'll take a few headings here, if, if you don't mind for a moment, but back in 2000, just looking at natural disasters, there's been so many fires and floods and earthquakes and so forth. Back in 2004, the 26th of September, there was an enormous tsunami that devastated Asia. Nearly 300,000 people, or at least that 300,000 people, were swept into eternity. 2005, there was a huge earthquake that left 80,000 dead in Pakistan, 4 million homeless. These headlines that, that burst onto the scene of time, and then within a very short space of time, we carry on with life. 2010, Haiti, which they're... National religion, of course, is food to but there was a huge earthquake with over 200,000 people dead. We've seen the fires and the floods and the catastrophes and the commotions, and yet it seems in all of that, brothers and sisters, that God has been silent. The world carries on. The church carry on. Lives carry on. And it seems as though that there's just been a silence. We look at wars and terrorist attacks. You remember, of course, the famous 2001 
twin tower attacks, thousands swept into eternity, those terrorist attacks, the, Af- the war that followed the war in Afghanistan against the Taliban and so forth, and the thousands of men, women, and children that were, that were completely obliterated as those war planes went in. Think of the, the, the calamity of the war of 2003, the Iraqi. This is all happening within the last 20 years, the 2003 Iraqi war. They say something like five, 600,000 Iraqis perished as the machinery of man trampled in over that nation on the basis of lies and bloodthirsty leaders in the West. Hundreds of thousands of Iraqis were swept into lost eternity. Think of the terrorist attack, the Islamic terrorist attacks in London 2005. See again back in the Iraq and the Middle Eastern countries in 2006 when the, 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 the coalition of Shiites and Kurds and the, the, the civil war that broke out and tens of thousands of Iraqis were killed. Remember the Arab Spring? Anybody remember the Arab Spring? All across the Middle Eastern nations, Tunisia, Egypt, Bahrain, Libya, nations turned upon themselves, people against people, nation against nation, all around that whole Middle Eastern nations, right up around, in around Israel, everything was a boiling pot. Thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands, tens of thousands of people went into a lost eternity. Remember the uprising, the Islamic State that swept across most of that region afterwards as it just became a place where it was anarchy, where there was no law, it was lawless. And those men come sweeping across those nations and they, they, they killed, they murdered, they raped, they molested. You remember the Yazidis? Anyone remember those believers that rushed up into the mountaintops to be rescued as these These demon-possessed men swept across nation after nation. You remember the terrorist attacks that were being unleashed across the Western world, bombs and suicide bombers and the fear. And all these things are happening, and yet I think you might begin to agree with me that God has been silent God has been silent. And then with plagues, with the swine flu of 2009, people may forget about that, but there was 150,000 people that died in the swine flu. Then the Ebola ravished the western part of Africa 2014 to 2016. You see, in the west, we probably forget a lot of that because it's not on our doorstep. But all across that western part of Africa, people were perishing in their thousands. Then right up to date, of course, we have what we have found to be a COVID pandemic. Nations are crippled with fear, commotion, fear. We are being socially conditioned. And yet God, it seems, has been Silent. And then we've watched over the last 20 years, probably more 
in the last 20 years, more than any other generation, we have seen the absolute moral decline of our society. It has sunk deep into the pit of darkness and sin. It sort of broke over at the turn of the last, those years in the early 2000s. What broke out at that point was the exposure of the Catholic Church and the you remember the tens of thousands of children across the world that were molested and raped by the Catholic Church and the complete exposure of all of that. But alongside of that came, as it were, a legislation after legislation. In 2001, the first nation in the world was Holland that legalized or brought into law same-sex marriage and then after that, there, was, there has been a domino effect across all the nations of the world, or a lot of the Western nations, certainly. The first civil partnership, of course, you remember, took place right here in Belfast at the City Hall in 2005. 2013, same-sex marriage is legalized in the UK. Abortion, if you look at the maps, is now legal on demand across many of the Western countries. That's murder of babies. Now we're looking at the whole gender issue and the whole elimination, eliminating that God has made as male and God has made as female. The devil is out to destroy everything of what God has created in his image. And the nations sink deeper and deeper, could I say, but it seems as though God is silent. He hasn't responded to any of this. And yet we're sinking deeper and we're sinking deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into sin and darkness and despair. And we haven't seen a reaction. We haven't seen an intervention. We haven't seen God respond. Not only that, we remember, do you remember, in 2008, the financial crisis, the economic crisis, the economic turmoil. Anybody remember that? That's 2008. That's 13 years ago. Where has the time gone? We so easily forget. In 2008 to 2009, the financial crisis, billions and pounds and dollars were lost, leaving nations up to their necks, as we would say, in debt. $12.3 trillion was America plunged into debt. $1.8 trillion. A trillion is a thousand billion that's just a lot of zeros for the UK. That's 2008, but I, friends, you know, tonight, that was 12.3 trillion in 2008. Today, the United States of America is in $28 trillion of debt. And it's only going one way. The United Kingdom is in 2.5 trillion dollars of debt we're about to witness we're about to witness an economic crash that will make 2008 look like a picnic party and all the while I hope I'm not depressing you I'm not trying to and all the while God has been silent, but he's still God. 
We've seen a young generation that have not witnessed or seen a manifestation or a demonstration of the kingdom of God and reality and in power. And so they've no interest in church. They've seen the backsliddenness, the coldness, the indifference, the division, the bickering, the fighting. They've seen it and witnessed it all. And so we're not really interested in that. They haven't seen God in his reality and in his power because if young people see God in his reality and his power, they'll serve him. But they've seen death. They've seen a lot of talk. They've seen a lot of hurt. They've seen a lot of pain. They haven't come to see the reality of this awesome God that we serve. And so it seems that in that 20 years or so that we have practically more or less lost an entire generation of young people. Would you agree? And it seems as though God has just simply been silent. Do you know the last great awakening that really swept these shores, the north of Ireland for sure, was in 1859. We know it so well. When God was no longer silent, but God himself came and there was a visitation. We know of the great moves of God, 1904, 1906, 1949, many others in between, localized moves where God intervenes, God responds. God simply is no more silent. God responds, God acts, God speaks, God comes, God comes down. Can I tell you something, friend? I don't understand it all. I don't grasp it all and I don't know it all. But one thing I do believe and one thing I do know is there's going to come one day that God is no longer going to be silent. I do believe that we'll see an economic complete and utter breakdown worldwide. We're heading for that currently. If, if you can step back from just often the insulated world that we live in, the insular idea of just us and where we are, but we are about to witness, we are about to see. It could be this year, I don't really know, but it could be this year. You know, a lot of people criticized the late David Wilkerson when he brought a prophecy out some years back believing that we should prepare ourselves very urgently, that there was about to be an economic calamity that would sweep the world. This was after the Twin Towers, that there was going to be the need for people to store up food and be ready and be prepared. And the man of God, who was a prophet of the Lord, he never declared that. People began to criticize him. The only thing that I believe that at that time, and I say this, who am I to say it, but the only thing I believe that he just didn't grasp was when it was going to happen. But it is going to happen. Silence is something that doesn't sit well with us. 
Because in the silence, we have to learn to do something. I'm just being honest. I'm not very good at it. My wife will tell you. We have to wait. And we're not great at waiting. We're really not good at waiting. Is there anyone else not good at waiting? Praise the Lord. It was on the short plank there. I thought it was only me. We're not good at waiting. We don't know what it is. I'm not just talking about sitting about doing nothing. I'm talking about waiting on the Lord. We're not great waiters. It's good to be doers. But we really need to know what it is to wait. It would seem that in all of this, God has been silent. We've prayed and we'll continue to pray. We believe and we'll continue to believe. We'll preach and we'll continue to preach. We'll reach the lost and we'll continue to reach the lost. We'll continue to carry on with God has called us to and purposed us to do. And all the time, but we're waiting. We're waiting for the God who is above all gods, the God that's the God in the silence as much as he's the God in the roar. We're waiting for him to speak. It seems like that every other God has had his say. It seems like every other world leader has had their say. It seems like every demon and every devil in hell have had their say. But then there's a day when God speaks. And so he's teaching us something. Isn't he teaching us something about what it is to wait? We're not great at waiting. We're not great at waiting. I think in particular, perhaps could have said, I can say it because I am a Pentecostal, I'm not too sure that we're great at waiting. We like, we like it to be active. There's nothing wrong with being active. There's nothing wrong with it being... But we struggle with the wait. We struggle to stop. You know, I was sharing with Nikki this morning... They say, they say, I don't know who they are, but they say, they say that the average person will spend nine years on their smartphone in a lifetime. Could I say it again? I don't know if it it sort of challenged you, but I know it certainly challenged me. They say that the average person, listen very carefully, listen carefully now because I know that I know that it's sort of against the grain of the world in which we live and what we must have and what we need. But they say that the average person will spend nine years, nine years, nine years of their lives on their smartphone. Does that concern you in any way? We struggle to wait. We struggle to stop. We struggle to switch off. We struggle to boot it away. We struggle. We struggle in our modern world 
Do you know they say, they say these, I don't know who they are, but they said, and it sort of sounds right, but they say that these big tech companies, right, and we hear a lot about them at the moment, but they're so advanced in their technology and with the smartphone that how they operate that and how they refresh and track your apps, my apps, and your profile and everything else and what they fire at you, they're actually registering with a part of your brain that is the same part that coke addicts, it's the same part of the brain that make you addicted, not to coke, but addicted to your phone. We struggle to wait. We struggle in a 21st world that is only going to go one way with technology, by the way. It's only going one way. It is eventually going to lead us to the chip. We're already there, if you like, but we're just being socially conditioned for the chip. Okay, that's what's happening. I know it's not popular, but that is what's happening. That's where it's leading to. The system the advancement of technology, and then your time isn't, isn't your time with smartphones. Your time is somebody else's. Isn't that true? I was speaking to Ronnie and uh, Ronnie, Jean. Uh, we were with your mommy and daddy. Do you know, we, they talked about the time way, way back when they lost their wee daughter, Ronnie's sister. And I just thought, you know, what a day that was. He said, you know, when she took on well, we had to go and find a house down the road, the only house in the rural area that somebody had a phone. Anywhere we go and everywhere we go, somebody's going to get you. We struggle to wait. We struggle to to stop. And all the while it seems that God is silent. The previous chapter, if you look at your Bible there, in Psalm chapter 27, I hope that this will encourage us. Psalm 27, verse 13 Closing out the previous chapter before this, cry unto the Lord, be not silent. He says these words, I had fainted. I had fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, if I had not believed or if I do not believe that we are going to see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living, that God is going to speak, I tell you, friends, I would faint. And then he says in verse 14, what does he say? Would you read verse 14 with me? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lord, teach us what it is in practice to wait. To wait on the Lord. The psalmist says, if you go back a couple of chapters, Psalm 25 he says, Yea, Psalm 25, verse 3, he says these words, Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. 
Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. In the waiting, he will show him, show you his way. In the waiting, he will teach us his paths. In the waiting, he will lead us in his truth. For he is the Lord of our salvation. Lord, surely the prayer should be, Lord, teach us to wait. Psalm 130 verse 5 says these words, Psalm 130 verse 5. Psalm 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait and see in the waiting and in his word do I hope. So in the waiting he will teach or show us his ways, teach us his paths, lead us in his truth and in the waiting as we wait our soul will hope in his word. Lord, teach us to wait. Teach us to wait. What it is to practice to wait for the way of the Lord, the path of the Lord, to be encouraged in the word of the Lord comes when we wait upon the Lord. But you know, we're living in a world that's continually pressing us to do everything but wait. Habakkuk, we were sharing before the service, chapter 2 and verse 3, says these words, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, prophet says, what does he say? Wait for it. Wait for it. Because it will surely come it will not tarry. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. After these 20 odd years of praying and believing, and there's others in this room who have been praying and believing longer than that, and there's others that have gone home to glory that prayed and waited and tarried and longed to see a move of the Spirit of God. I want to tell you something tonight. I'm believing God. I'm believing God that God's going to respond. And no longer be silent. But I believe there's some more great, terrible commotions and crises that are about to unfold. God, it seems as though it, that He is allowing the enemy and all His fury and all His powers and all His schemes, man and all His wicked ways all his agendas and everything he's allowing as it were the enemy to come right out onto the battlefield to expose everything of who they are, what they are, their agendas their schemes and then God's going to speak he's going to utter his voice and mountains are going to melt at his presence To wait, of course, requires patience. 
I'm being honest. I'm not great. We like to fill the silence because if there is silence, have you ever been in a room? You know what they say? It's like silence is deafening. Have you ever heard that statement? The silence is deafening. Have you ever been in a room, perhaps with someone, and then like all goes quiet? Nobody knows what to do. It was awkward. Anyone ever been there? We're not great with the silence. You know what David was saying? David begins to petition the Lord. I love David's prayer here. And he says, Lord, you go back to chapter 28. Do what he says? Lord, unto thee am I going to cry. O Lord, you're my rock. Lord, do not be silent to me. Lest, Lord, see if you're silent. Man, this is David speaking to the Lord. Lord, see if you're silent to me. Do you know what I will be like? Do you know what you'll leave us like? You'll leave us like a people that go down into the pit. Imagine praying that to the Lord. Lord, if you leave us, if you remain silent, if, if you just say nothing here, you're our rock. You're our fortress. You're our shield. You're our help. But see if you remain silent. Do you know what we'll all be like? We'll just be like everyone else. We'll be going down into the pit. Imagine praying after the Lord. The enemies prevail as the wickedness increase, as the commotions, the crisis, and all the things that I've detailed. And there's literally thousands of more events that I could share with you over the last 20 years that we have, most of us have forgot about. <clears throat> and as wickedness rises and the demonic activity increases, and it seems as though that the church is in a backslidden state, and apathy prevails, and, and we're lethargic, and we're increased in goods, but we have nothing, and we're in need of nothing. And there's much activity, but there's no substance. And we cannot wait, we cannot be patient, we cannot sit, we cannot stop for more than three minutes without looking at our phones. And three minutes is a long time if we get to there. And we struggle to wait. And in all of that, David is saying, but Lord, if you leave us, and if you do not respond, and if you do not speak to us, Lord, we are waiting, but if we, you do not intervene, if you do not speak, we are just like those that go down to the pit. Imagine saying that to the Lord. After what the Lord has done in David's life, how he's taken him as that shepherd boy and demonstrated his mighty power in his life and the anointing was upon him and the giants were slain and David was a man after the heart of the Father, after the heart of God. And yet he says, Lord, Lord, you cannot be silent any longer. You cannot leave us as we are because if you leave us, we're just going to be like the wicked going down into a pit. Lord, you need to speak. And this is something you'll find the theme of in the petitioning of God. He talked about the wicked, the workers of iniquity that speak peace, but mischief is in their heart. Is this not the world that we're living in? Is this not what we're faced with? Is this not what's all around us in our politics, in our government, in every aspect of our life? They speak peace, but there's wickedness. 
There's mischief in their heart. They do not regard even the works of the Lord, nor the operation of God's hands. They have no interest in the great things that God has done. They have no interest to see the works of His hands, the mighty works of His hands. They're not interested. And they cry in their hearts and they make mischief in their heart and they're scheming and they're planning. And all the plans of the wicked are rife all around us. And they come out with all the nice words and all the proper things and the sweetness flows from their mouth. But there's mischief in their hearts. They have no thought of God. No thought of God and the mighty works of his hands. Nothing. And, and David is saying, we'll be like them going down to the pit, Lord. How long will you be silent and say nothing? How long will you leave us as we are, as our nation plummets into the depths of sin and a generation is lost because they haven't seen your mighty hand? Psalm 30 and verse 8 says, I cried unto, the, I cried unto thee, O Lord. And unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, have mercy of me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that I that my glory may sing praise to thee and, and not be silent, O Lord my God. I will give thanks unto thee forever. What is the profit if we are like them that go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise you? Isaiah chapters 38 and verse 18. Isaiah 38 and verse 18 he says there, the prophet, for the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down to the pit, remember what he's saying. We'll be like them that go down to the pit, Lord, if you remain silent. And here the Isaiah says, they that go down to the pit cannot hope in thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore... Will we sing my songs to the string instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord? Lord, leave us not as a people that go down to the pit. Lord, would you respond? Lord, would you speak? They that hope. But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience. What does it say? We wait for it. In the silence... In the silence, he's as much God as he is in the roar. But see, in the silence, God's doing such an amazing work that most of us, most of the time, don't acknowledge or see. Don't we find it hard to wait? And yet in Psalm chapter 40, it says these words, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the marry clay, set my feet upon a rock, established my goings, and he's put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. Many, isn't what it says, 
Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I believe that the Lord wants to teach us all what it is to wait. It seems as though over these years for sure that the Lord has been silent. There has been no response to the chaos of the last 20 years, has there? On a worldwide scale, with everything of what we have, all the advancements of which we have achieved, with man with his chest out and his shoulders broad and his head up, and yet, friends, God's silent. But there comes a day when God speaks. He utters his voice. Lord, don't leave us as a people that go down to the pit. Imagine praying that to the Lord. Lord, I need you. You're our rock. Lord, would you speak? Brothers and sisters, I believe the Lord is doing a mighty work. And he's doing a mighty work in the silence. That doesn't fit well. It may not sound good. It's not going to be the sermon of the year. But let me tell you something. God's doing a mighty work in the silence. A mighty work in the silence. God's doing a work. May we know what it is to wait. But may we know what it is to call upon him. Lord, surely it's time. It's time for you to speak. Father, tonight we just pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we confess. I confess. Lord, forgive us for not waiting. Lord, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would encourage us to enter in to what it is to wait patiently upon the Lord. Lord, we know in the wait that we can renew our strength. We know in the wait, Lord, that you will show us your path. You will teach us your way. In the wait, we can hope in your word. In the wait, Lord, you do a wonderful work in our lives. Lord, we're praying. Lord, would you teach us to wait? Lord, even in an hour where the wicked prosper, Lord, even in an hour where it seems as though the, the hearts of men and the, the agendas of the wicked one is being manifest all around us, we pray tonight, Lord, teach us, Lord, what it is to wait, to hope in your word, Lord, to believe you that you are the rock of our salvation. And Lord, there is a day coming that you're going to speak. Oh God, tonight we pray, Lord, help us. Lord, to redeem the time for the days are evil. Help us, oh God, Lord. Lord, to make much of the time that you give us. Oh God, we pray, Lord, help us each one, Lord. Lord, give us wisdom, Lord. Give us strength, Lord. Give us guidance in it all, Lord. 
Oh, but God, we pray, Lord. Lord, would you speak, Lord? Lord, we need you to come. We need you to breathe. Lord, we need you to enter, as it were, Lord, as David went on to that field all those years ago. We need you, Lord, to take the field. Oh, God, tonight we pray for each of your people, Lord, that you would help us. Help us, oh, God, to wait. Help us to patiently wait. Oh, God, we're asking tonight for great mercy to be upon us. Lord, we're asking, Lord, that great encouragement we come, Lord. Lord, we're asking, Lord, for this generation, Lord, that have yet to see a demonstration of your kingdom and power. Lord, we're praying, O oh God, tonight, Lord, that you, Lord, would help us. Help us, each one, Lord. Help us to wait, Lord, for your ways to be revealed, Lord. Oh, God, tonight we pray, Lord. Lord, would you have mercy in this nation and have mercy in this land. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, we read of your servants of old, Lord. They took a third of the day. A quarter of that day, Lord, I believe, Lord, it was to repent of the sins and what they committed before you, Lord. Lord, they took a whole quarter of the day just to repent. They took time, Lord. They were methodical in their repentance before your throne of grace. Lord, they waited. They spent the time. Oh, God, we pray, Lord, that our prayers would be meaningful, Lord. Our prayers would be sincere, Lord. Lord, we'd not try to in any way, Lord, shortchange you, Lord, with just something, Lord, that just rolls off our tongues. But, Lord, we pray, Lord, oh, God, Lord, for truly, Lord, that true spirit of intercession and prayer, Lord, and repentance, Lord. Lord, we pray, forgive this nation for the shedding, Lord, of innocent blood. Forgive us for the laws, Lord, that we have brought in same-sex so-called marriage. Lord, forgive us, O oh God. Lord, we pray, Lord, for our backsliding, Lord. Lord, forgive us, Lord. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for having the name that we live, but we're dead. Lord, forgive us for building our kingdoms, Lord. But, Lord, we forgot about the king. Oh, God, we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd be enthroned in our hearts. Lord, would you take your rightful place? Lord, we're praying tonight, O oh God, for mercy. Lord, you are the God of the rower, but you're the God in the silence. Lord, in the name of Jesus tonight, Lord, we pray. Help us in the place of prayer. Lord, we pray that you would encourage us, Lord, each one. Lord, to touch your throne tonight, Lord. Have your way among us, Lord. In Jesus' name.